Hey, everybody. It is Monday, February 27th, and you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I am Moshe Wanunu. This is the place where we bring you just the facts and we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Jill is off today, but we will be back together again starting tomorrow. It has been an exciting weekend for us at Mo News down in Washington, D.C., where we were honored at the National Press Foundation dinner. That's where we received the chairman's citation. We were alongside Robin Roberts of ABC, Scott Simon of NPR, and dozens of other great journalists. I posted a clip from my speech over on the Instagram account. I appreciate all the kind comments and support from all of you. We would not be receiving it if it wasn't for all of you. But let's get started here with today's news. We're watching a number of things as this week begins. Another top U.S. intelligence agency is pointing to the lab in Wuhan, China, as the origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll tell you the details of this latest report. The Dilbert cartoon is being canceled left and right. I'll tell you what the creator of the long-running comic said last week that's leading to this avalanche of cancellations. Along those lines, the publisher of the Roald Dahl books has heard the backlash from many of you and has a new plan regarding editing several of his books. Ukraine's president has dropped the top military official as the war hits a second year. We'll do a by the numbers on where things stand more than one year now into Russia's invasion. Why millions of Americans who currently get Medicaid may lose it in the coming months. We'll check in at the box office where it was Cocaine Bear versus Ant-Man this weekend. And we'll end, as always, with On This Day in History uh, today, a special disco-themed edition. But let's start with our top story here. The U.S. Energy Department has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a lab leak. That's according to a classified intelligence report that was recently provided to key members of Congress. The Energy Department is among nearly two dozen government agencies that Biden directed to research and try to figure out what the origin of the COVID pandemic was. The analysts at Energy had previously said they were undecided on how it emerged, but most recently took another look at the data and concluded that it may have in fact come from the lab in Wuhan, China. Upon taking office just over two years ago, President Biden had asked the nearly two dozen U.S. intelligence agencies, yes, there's nearly two dozen, there's obviously the CIA, but there are a number of agencies associated with U.S. military arms, the Defense Department, the State Department, and yes, the Energy Department as well. In 2021, they all came back to President Biden with different theories of the case, some concluding that they believe it was still the wet market where the animals were being sold, you know, the whole bat theory or pangolin theory. Some had concluded that it was natural transmission. Some had concluded lab leak, and some were just not sure. So with their latest assessment, the Energy Department now joins the FBI in saying that the virus likely spread via mishap at the Chinese laboratory. But as I noted, the other agencies are split. There's four other agencies, including a national intelligence panel that believes it was just a natural transmission, another two that are undecided. And these agencies and departments are constantly doing an assessment and updating their information. The Energy Department's conclusion here is the result of some new intelligence that they have gotten. And it is significant because the Energy Department has considerable scientific expertise and oversees a network of national laboratories some of which conduct advanced biological research. And so they have expertise into how these sorts of things might have leaked out of a lab. The Energy Department's latest judgment, though, is with what they call, quote, low confidence. The FBI, which holds the same assessment that it may have come from Wuhan, gave its assessment two years ago with a level of moderate confidence, so slightly higher there. Yesterday, I linked on my Instagram account to that 2021 report that went through all the various agencies. The CIA, for its part, is still undecided between the lab leak 
and various natural transmission theories. That's according to people who have read the classified version of the report. A reminder here that Chinese government officials have rejected not only the hypothesis that the virus originated at the Wuhan laboratory, but that it originated in China at all. The Chinese saying that they believe actually that COVID started in America and that the real investigation needs to take place here. The big challenge here, though, is that the Chinese government have not allowed access to outside investigators for years now. In fact, there are a number of doctors who worked in that lab who have gone missing in the years since. And so getting a final conclusive assessment as to where and how the COVID pandemic started and spread will remain a mystery likely for years to come. Okay, now to another story we are watching over the weekend. Hundreds of newspapers this week across the country will stop running the Dilbert comic strip. That's after its creator said on a YouTube live stream last week that black people are a hate group and that white people should, quote, just get the hell away from them. The creator of the famous Dilbert cartoons, he's worth tens of millions of dollars. I'm sure many of you have seen his widely syndicated comic strip for decades now. It features the Dilbert character mocking office culture, but in recent years has taken on a more conservative uh, right-wing bent. So the creator of that comic strip, Scott Adams, uh, spoke on a YouTube show, apparently a regular YouTube show that he's been hosting, and he was discussing a poll that came out recently by the group Rasmussen that found that only 53% of Black Americans agreed with the statement, it's okay to be white. 47% of Black Americans in that poll reportedly either disagreed with the statement, it's okay to be white, or were unsure. Commenting on that poll, Adams said that if nearly half of all Blacks are not okay with white people, that is a hate group. I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say based on the current way things are going, my best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people because there is no fixing this. The video sparked a widespread backlash very quickly, leading a number of newspapers who have run the cartoon for years, if not decades, the Washington Post, the LA Times, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, the USA Today Network, which has 300 newspapers, all canceled. Uh, running the comic strip, saying that they're going to no longer be publishing the comic strip due to the recent discriminatory comments by its creator. In the announcement by the LA Times announcing they're no longer going to run the Dilbert cartoons, they actually said that there have been several times over recent months they ran reruns of Dilbert cartoons because the new daily strip had not met their standards, quote unquote. Apparently, in recent years, he's been making jokes about reparations, efforts to diversify the workplace that a number of newspapers have found offensive. The San Francisco Chronicle, incidentally, had pulled the Dilbert cartoon months ago and said that very few readers noticed it and that they only had a handful of complaints when they did it. The Dilbert creator, Scott Adams, is reacting to all of this on Twitter, saying he has officially been canceled, and he predicted in his latest video that, quote, most of my income will be gone by next week. My reputation for the rest of my life is destroyed. You can't come back from this, am I right? Adams continues to insist that his comments have been taken out of context, though if you do listen to them, and I've linked to them on my Instagram account, uh, it is pretty clear what he's saying here. Finally, one question I got from several of you over the weekend is, why did the group Rasmussen even run this poll asking people how they felt about the expression, it's okay to be white? Uh, Rasmussen, I should note, is known for asking controversial polling questions and also using questionable tactics that some statisticians don't believe uh, leads to accurate uh, polls. In fact, asking questions in some ways that uh, leads to pushing an agenda. So just keep that in mind here as you think about the whole controversy. 
All right, before we get to the speed read, I want to thank a couple of our sponsors this week. And let's start with Blinkist. It's a professional book and podcast summary service I've been using for nearly a year now. Blinkist is a quick way to get summaries of books that you want to read but can't get around to, or just if you need a quick refresher if you haven't read the book in a while. Blinkist is essentially audio cliffs notes. It gives you a summary of a book in about 15 minutes. I like to listen to them on my commutes or while working out. It now has more than 5,500 books and podcast summaries available, a range of topics, politics, parenting, communication, leadership, investing. Blinkist also provides curated collections, expert-led guides. It really lets you grow a little more every day. You know, oftentimes you might see those leadership books, you know, 10 ways to get smart on this or 15 ways to improve on that. And if you're not able to read the full books, I like to turn to Blinkist for a quick summary of those books. Right now, through this Tuesday, so you have about a day here, they have a special offer for the Mo News audience. Head over to Blinkist.com slash Mo News. They're offering a seven-day free trial and you get 40% off a Blinkist premium membership. You can head over to Blinkist.com slash Mo News. That is Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, like in a blink, Blinkist, Blinkist.com slash Mo News to get 40% off and a seven-day free trial. Again, the offer is good through Tuesday. And they also have this. For a limited time, you can even use Blinkist Connect to share your premium account, which means you will get two premium subscriptions for the price of one. So definitely go check that out over at Blinkist.com slash Monews. All right, let's talk about another incredibly helpful sponsor this week. I want to introduce all of you to Apostrophe. It's an online platform that connects you with expert dermatologists that allow you to get customized treatment for your unique skin. Apostrophe is very convenient. It offers virtual dermatology consultations, uh, everything from acne to dark spots. Sometimes getting a dermatology appointment, as you know, can take a while. I know I have found that. So what Apostrophe is offering here is something that is simple to use and can be done from home. If you head over to apostrophe.com slash monews, you can get started today. You answer several questions, snap a few selfies, and they will connect you with a board-certified dermatologist that will create an initial customized treatment plan. And they're offering a special deal for the Monews audience right now. You can get your first visit for only $5 over at apostrophe.com slash monews. You'll also have an opportunity to get a discount on medication with the monews code. Again, to get started, apostrophe.com slash monews. Click get started and you'll get your first visit for only $5. All right, let's head now to the speed read. I want to start with an interview CBS had with the CIA director, William Burns, over the weekend. He tells CBS's Face the Nation that Russia's struggles to seize and keep territory in Ukraine over the last year has likely now fueled doubts in China about their ability to potentially invade Taiwan at some point. The CIA director telling CBS's Margaret Brennan, I think that, quote, Our judgment, at least, is that President Xi and his military leadership now have doubts today about whether they could accomplish that invasion. We've all been watching this year as uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russians thought they would be able to take out Ukraine, invade and occupy it within just a few days or weeks. But they are now immersed in the second year of a war and have been losing territory recently. The big concern among the U.S. and many folks in the West is that the Chinese are intending to invade the island of Taiwan at some point, but they have been watching closely what's been happening in Ukraine. He told CBS that the Chinese president has instructed his military to be ready by 2027, but it doesn't mean that he's made a final decision to invade the democratic island. Either way, it appears they are watching closely how the world has reacted and how things went for the Russians in Ukraine, and that could be impacting their decision there. 
At the same time, the CIA director also talked about how things are going in Ukraine as that war enters a second year. Uh, he says that Russian President Putin is too confident in his military's ability to grind Ukraine into submission, and he worries that means that Putin will continue this war for the foreseeable future. The CIA director telling CBS that he met with the head of Russia's intelligence services in November, and they had a sense of, quote, cockiness and hubris. They believe that they can make time work for them, and they can grind down the Ukrainians, wear down European allies, until the whole world becomes so tired of the entire situation that that will eventually allow the Russians to win here. Again, that's the assessment from the CIA about how the Russians are pursuing their strategy there. Staying with the war for a second, Ukrainian President Zelensky issued a decree on Sunday removing the commander of the military's joint forces operation. That force is involved in the ongoing counteroffensive against the Russians in the eastern part of the country. Zelensky announced the dismissal of Edward Muskalyov. It was a one-line decree, no explanation. He had been leading uh, their efforts there since last March. His dismissal is the latest in a series of changes to Ukraine's military amid a corruption scandal that has nearly ousted that country's defense minister, has led to the dismissal of several others. It's not clear whether Moskalyov, the uh, commander, was connected to the corruption fallout, but it is leading to some questions in the West about the state of Zelensky's leadership uh, as the West continues to provide support, military and economic, to his efforts to push back the Russians. And as we all continue to track the war over there, I thought uh, something the G0 media outlet did over the weekend was very useful. They ran a by the numbers as the war enters a second year. And this just gives you a sense of how things are going over there, the state of play. I want to go through a few numbers here. The first number is 300,000. That is the number of military and civilians Western officials believe have died in the past year, 300,000. That number is disputed. The, the numbers are conflicted on both sides, but it does give you a sense of the number many Western countries believe we have gotten to in just a year into the war here. 51,000 is the next number. That is the number of square miles the Russians seized of Ukrainian land at some point in 2022. Though the Ukrainians have pushed back a bit, the Russians have lost one-fifth of that territory. So the Russians now control about 40,000 square miles of Ukraine, about 17% of the country. That's in the south and the east of the country. Just to give you a sense of what 40,000 miles is, that is an area just slightly larger than Virginia, about the size of Ohio. That's what Russia currently occupies in Ukraine. The next number is 60%. That is the number of Ukrainians now living below the poverty line. More than half of Ukrainians, 60% below the poverty line. Two more numbers for you here, 139 billion. That is the amount of damage believed to have been caused so far in Ukraine through Russia's targeted attacks across Ukraine, destroying cities, at least $139 billion in damage. And the final number, 8 million, that's the number of refugees. Nearly one in four Ukrainians have left the country. The country had just about 36 million people living in it before the war. 8 million have left the country. Poland right now hosts the most amount of Ukrainian refugees. About one and a half million refugees have gone to Poland. Germany has a million refugees. The U.S. has taken in just over 200,000 of those refugees. I posted numbers over the weekend on the Instagram account. that takes you through all the various countries right now hosting Ukrainian refugees. All right, changing gears here from the uh, Reuters news service, the publisher Penguin Random House said on Friday it will now publish the unedited versions of Roald Dahl's children's novel after the backlash it faced last week. 
You might remember we told you about this early last week of the publisher's plan to cut and rewrite sections of many of his famous books like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, the BFG, with the goal of making them more suitable for modern readers. The plan for the new editions was to remove passages related to weight, mental health, gender, and race. But now the publisher, after the backlash, says that they will continue to print original copies of the book in addition to the new edited copies. They say that will allow readers to be free to choose which version of the Roald Dahl stories they prefer. Among the things they're changing for the edited versions of the book is they're going to eliminate words like stupid and fat and a whole number of other phrases they believe are offensive for a new generation of kids. But that received backlash from a number of people in the literary community uh, as well as readers. Author Salman Rushdie, you might be familiar with him, said that this was, quote, absurd censorship. One nonprofit that protects writers and freedom of expression said the organization was alarmed at this effort. But again, it appears Penguin Random House uh, says they, quote, listened to the debate over the past week and have made the decision to publish both the original editions in addition to the edited edition. So you can choose. Okay, now to this from the AP. If you get healthcare coverage in the U.S. through Medicaid, you might be at risk of losing that coverage over the next year. About 84 million Americans are covered by the government-sponsored program, which has grown by 20 million people just since January 2020 during the pandemic. At the beginning of the pandemic, the federal government prohibited states from kicking people off of Medicaid, even if they were no longer eligible. Before COVID, people would regularly lose their Medicaid coverage if they started making too much money to qualify for the program, gained health coverage through their employer, or moved into a new state. So that all stopped once COVID-19 started spreading across the country. But over the next year, states will again be required to start checking the eligibility of every person who is on Medicaid. People will have to fill out forms to verify their personal information, address, income, and household size. Analysts believe that as many as 14 million people could lose access to Medicaid uh, once that gets started again. And finally, a bit of movie news from Variety Magazine from over the weekend. The horror comedy Cocaine Bear sniffed up $23.1 million in its opening weekend. That's according to Studio Estimates out on Sunday, and it performed way above expectations. You might have seen the trailer for Cocaine Bear during the Super Bowl. They bought a Super Bowl ad. The film is directed by Elizabeth Banks, and it was made for about $35 million, so they've almost made good on that already. Cocaine Bear is based on a real story of a black bear who died in the Georgia mountains back in the 80s after eating a duffel bag of cocaine that had fallen from a smuggler's plane. While Cocaine Bear did well, the number one movie in North America over the weekend was the Ant-Man sequel, Quantumania. It pulled in just over $32 million. We'll see how they both do uh, next weekend, but they'll have to go up against another contender, Creed Three, the Michael B. Jordan uh, film. This actually is his directorial debut. Creed Three is a spinoff of the Rocky series. It's the third in the Creed series following around Apollo Creed's son. All right, let's head now to On This Day in History. We're going to start just over 70 years ago, 1951. On This Day... The 22nd Amendment was ratified. That limited the president to two terms in office. That, of course, came just after Franklin Roosevelt had uh, been elected four times to the presidency. All right, let's fast forward just a little bit to 1968. On this day, 55 years ago, Walter Cronkite, the esteemed journalist, uh, anchor of the CBS Evening News, took to his broadcast on this day in 1968, breaking from his usual objectivity, to predict that the Vietnam War could only end in a stalemate. Take a listen. But it is increasingly clear to this report that the only rational way out then 
will be to negotiate, not as victors, but as an honorable people who lived up to their pledge to defend democracy and did the best they could. This is Walter Cronkite. Good night. Cronkite was called the most trusted man in America, and his commentary and coverage on the CBS Evening News is partially credited with starting to shift American public opinion about the war in Vietnam. Okay, as promised, a bit of musical news here on the disco front. On this day in 1978, 45 years ago today, the Village People released their album, Macho Man. And then just two years later, on this day in 1980, February 27th, 1980, the first ever and final ever Grammy for Best Disco Recording was awarded to Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. The Academy was trying to adapt the uh, quickly rising genre of music, but then the genre quickly died out. By that next year in 1981, disco was already effectively dead, and so... They killed that category, Best Disco Recording. But fun fact for your next dinner party, the only song to ever win Best Disco Recording, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mo News Daily Podcast. Please follow us or subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode. You can do that right now on your podcast app. Just click follow or subscribe depending on what app you use. Also, leave us a review in the App Store. It allows us to continue to grow the podcast. Every review makes a difference, so I'm grateful to all of you. And don't forget to follow me beyond the podcast over on Instagram at Mosh, at M-O-S-H-E-H. I'll see everyone back here tomorrow. 